The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Listen, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know I have some explaining to do. And that's why I'm here. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. So I'm going to just lay it all out. I'm going to share with you where I've been, why I've been missing in action from podcast land. And before I do, I just want to be really, really transparent because probably like you, I watch people who I admire their career. I like what they stand for. I'm watching what they do. I'm taking notes to see if it will help my business or my career path or help me to get my message out. And sometimes we watch, you know, our mentors or other people and we don't know the whole story. So I want to start by just telling those of you who might be listening or watching and trying to build your business, trying to create a bigger message, reach more people, that what I have done, meaning kind of stepping away sometimes from projects or from, for example, podcasting, is not ideal to grow your business. It just isn't. Ideally, you need to be reliable. And I am just going to admit that you don't have a reliable or you haven't had a reliable schedule with me when it comes to podcasting. It's not the best case scenario when you're trying to grow your business or grow your brand or build your podcast. I'm just going to put that out there. It's not the best option. The best option is to show up regularly, even if you can't produce shows that are as long or as deep or as involved as you normally do. You need to be reliable. Having said that, I haven't been. So how do I justify that? It's not that I justify it. I just have to make a decision for myself. Like, okay, so I know that's the case. I teach that to my students. But I'm going to factor in what's more important for me, balance or growing my business. And it's true. I'm in a position financially where I can choose to be more balanced than maybe the average person is who's starting out, right? Like, so while I've been creating this new program, which I'm going to talk to you about in just a moment, 131 Diet, which has been two years in the making, it means more things on my plate. It meant a lot more time in front of a microphone, like what I'm doing right now, recording audio lessons, interviewing experts, interviewing more experts, listening to those interviews, which are oftentimes with really brilliant people and figuring out, okay, how do I condense this? How do I simplify it? So it's just been spent a lot of extra hours that weren't in my daily or weekly schedule even a year prior. And as I say, in order to live a balanced life, when I put something on my plate, I have to evaluate, okay, what needs to come off? Because you just can't keep adding and adding and adding. For me, I made a decision to step away from podcasting, to step away from some of my social media, to step away from doing interviews on other people's podcasts. I stepped away from doing interviews for online magazines and, and doing press. I stepped away from all other projects. Does that cost me financially? 
yeah, sure, it does, of course. Will it cost you if you make a decision to do that in terms of the reach of your business or the message you're trying to create? Yes, it will. And I did so knowing that what was more important to me was the balance. But I also want to just be honest and say, I was in a position to be able to do that because financially, there's been a time when we didn't, right? Like, so we did work really, really hard and really smart, I should say, to put ourselves in a position financially where, yeah, I know the status quo is to just keep going, keep throwing things on top of your plate and to, you know, not look back, just keep seeing how much further you can push yourself. But I don't value that life. I want to wake up every day and go, gosh, I love what I get to do today. I don't feel overwhelmed. I don't feel overworked. I don't feel overburdened. And I felt it really important to start with that because I know so many of you are in the process of building your own vision, your own dream, your own business, your own social media platforms. And watching what other people do doesn't always mean that's what you're supposed to do. You have to evaluate it for yourself, which is the perfect lead in to tell you a little bit about where I've been. To summarize, I have been absent from the podcast, both of my podcasts, this one and Build Your Tribe and all of the interviews that I typically will do for podcasters, other podcasters. I've been absent from that because I've been working or spending those additional hours working on a new program that just released. It's called 131 Diet. That's the numbers, 131diet.com. Maybe if you follow me on social media, you know about that. But what you might not know is how in the heck this happened and why. And I think that's important. In fact, I know it's important. It's important for you because you're interested in living a better life. You're interested in your health, financial health, spiritual health, the health of your relationships, your stress level, your body, your mental health. You just want to be a better you. That's why you listen to The Shaleen Show, I think, I hope. So I think it's important to kind of tell you how I ended up here, because if you've listened to me for any length of time, you know, I've never been a big fan of dieting. So I need you to know, I I never planned to create a diet. As with all things I've ever worked on or been like obsessed and passionate about, you know, just to be very honest, selfishly, they're 99.9% of the time a pursuit or something that's interesting to me because it was a problem for me. And when you solve your own problem and you're like, oh my God, this is insane. You want to stand on the top of a mountain and share it with other people. And that is how I've decided to do everything in my life, in my life is like, okay, I have this major problem. I can't figure out how to sell my used car and not have it be scary, inconvenient, and weird. So in college, I developed an idea that helped people who were selling their own used vehicles do so at one big lot where we all gathered and everyone was selling their own vehicles, private owner, to other people who were purchasing vehicles, also private owner. It was called the All Michigan Auto Swap Meet, but I was solving my own problem exercise, the programs I've created, like Turbo Kick, which I created 20 years ago, that was solving my own problem. And what I've created most recently is to solve my own problem. But I want to take you back. I want you to understand how this happened and how most likely 
you and I have a lot in common. How do I know that? Because you're human. And what we know about most individuals, especially here in the United States, and really now becoming worldwide, is that 95% of people who go on a diet, a diet where really what you're doing is cutting back on calories and or exercising more, 95% of those people, which hello means all of us, lose weight and then gain it all back and then some. Now, that stat, I don't know. Like, I don't think that's the first time I've heard that stat when it really started to sink in about two years ago. Um, I don't know if I just assumed everyone else was in the 5%. In my mind, I thought that stat only referred to like fad, crazy diets, you know, where you drink cabbage soup for a month. Like, I don't know why it didn't ever sink in with me that the advice I was giving to other people also fell into the category of a diet that would eventually cause people to gain weight. Now, I didn't love the idea of dieting. In fact, most of my life, I avoided anything to do with a diet. And it became a trigger word for me. Like I've got a lot of girlfriends who are in the fitness industry. And as you know, I've done hundreds, hundreds of exercise videos. I think at last count, it was something like over 250 or something exercise videos. I'm in the Guinness Book of World Records for having done fitness videos. Every single fitness video I would show up to do Everyone else in the cast would be talking about the diet that they were on getting ready to film this video. And I'm talking girls would show up like emaciated, dehydrated, weak, angry, and hungry. And the reason why it was a trigger word, it would upset me, is because as a kid growing up, I just you know, really early on, really young, I remember all the women in particular and, and the guys too. All of my family members, kind of on both sides, everybody around me always seemed to be talking about diet. And P.S., none of them had control over their weight. It was always like up and down and up and down. And the heaviest of which in my family and kind of the most miserable about their weight were the ones who were like, seemed to be obsessed with diet. So as a kid, you know, the correlation I made was, oh, so if you go on a diet, First of all, you're going to be miserable. Secondly, you're going to go up and down and up and down. It's not going to make you happy and it's not going to make you healthy. So that's how I processed it. And I just remember thinking, I don't want to do this, but I'm looking around at all my family members and they're all kind of dealing with this. So I better come up with an alternative. And for me, that ended up being exercise for both me and my sister my sister Janelle. We just turned to exercise and we freaking loved it. And we still do to this day. But what I didn't learn anything about was metabolism. I really didn't learn anything sound. When I say I didn't learn anything about it, I didn't learn anything more than the average fitness professional learned. Yes, I went to fitness conferences. Yes, I read articles in Shape Magazine and Self. You know, I, I read blogs of other fitness experts and I read books, but I never looked at research and I never really understood the biology of it. So the advice that I would give to other people, because I was now, you know, fast forward 20 years now, suddenly I didn't go to law school. I end up a fitness professional solving my own problem by creating TurboKick, 
You know, little did I know that that would turn into me being a celebrity fitness person. I always feel weird saying the word celebrity. It feels like very like, oh, 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 so you think you're a celebrity. But that's just the title they give you. It just means a lot of people have done your videos. Okay, fine. So now I'm known by, you know, millions of people seeing me on TV and they're buying my DVDs and from solving my own problem, not by thinking I'm going to study exercise and fitness and become a fitness expert, but by solving my own problem, I'm suddenly thrust into this position of being a weight loss and exercise expert. And what people want from you when you teach exercise is they want diet tips. So, of course, I start reading books and these books are by other fitness experts and other, you know, quote unquote, weight loss experts. And I just would, you know, read the latest books and I would share or regurgitate that information. And the overwhelming message for the last 20 years has been, hey, listen, any way you cut it, you got to move more and you got to eat less. Now, there's variations on that. Yeah, you need to eat clean and you want to go gluten free and you want a healthy lean protein and low fat. Like, you know, there were specifics, but generally speaking, for the last 20 years, it's been, you know, go easy on the fat, cut your calories and move your butt. Like you need to move more, you need to eat less, bottom line, you're going to be thinner. And so that was the advice, sometimes with greater specificity, that I've been giving for the last 20 years. And yes, the diet plans would change a little bit. And for those of you who have some of my exercise programs with diets attached, you know, it's what we knew at the time. It's what works for a lot of people. But I'm going to be honest and say, it doesn't mean it works for everybody. And for myself personally, that exercising thing that I was doing to keep my own weight in check, eventually your body adapts, right? And your body's like, oh, wow, you burn a lot of calories, we've noticed. So maybe what we'll do, this is my body talking to me, by the way, this is my body saying, hey, we noticed you're exercising a lot. And uh, you're eating like an average amount. So, you know, what we're going to do, we're going to slow your metabolism down for you just a little bit so that everything is in homeostasis. And what that would create is I'd get on the scale and I'd be like, oh, wow, I'm up a pound or two. You know, I'm not obsessive about the scale, but I'd be like, oh, okay, these pants are a little bit tighter. You know what I'll do? I'll tell you what I won't do. I won't go on a diet. I will not. I will exercise a half hour more. And then eventually it became, you know what? I'll exercise for two hours hours. Yeah, that's what I'll do. You know what I'll do? I will teach two classes in the morning and then in the afternoon, I'll do a power walk. Yeah, I'll do two and a half hours. And as I kept getting older and exercising more, I found I had to exercise more. And if I didn't, literally, you guys, I'm not even joking. I remember just sitting in my car daydreaming while Brett was driving and thinking to myself, what in the heck am I going to do? if I have an injury. And sure enough, it was the winter. We were going snowboarding and I had an injury. And I knew what that meant. I knew that meant I was going to lose two and a half hours of exercise and I was going to gain weight. And I did. And the second I was healthy enough, I went right back to two and a half hours of exercise. But that wasn't enough. So eventually I went to three hours. Like it was crazy. There was, there was nothing else I could do except cut back a little further on calories, right? So now I'm like, okay, I refuse to diet, but how did I end up here? I'm a fitness professional. People are looking at my body. They want to see me getting lean. They want to see me getting leaner. I can't be a human and gain like a pound or two or three. I have to be leaner than I was. 
So I have no option now except to kind of take the advice that we've been giving forever, and that is to eat less, like portion control. So I started doing that, started cutting back more on my fats and my calories and, you know, maintaining that level of exercise. And I just kept doing this. I can say it was moderately successful, but not really because I was pretty miserable. I was slipping into what a lot of people refer to as adrenal fatigue, which is kind of a catch-all term, which just basically means you're stressed out to the max. You're maxing your body out. You're maxing your brain out. You're on edge. You're a mess hormonally because you're not eating enough and you're exercising too much and your body's under stress. And it's all you're thinking about. You get to this point where you're like, God, I can't even be a human being. I'm just, this is all I'm thinking about is how in the world am I going to fit in this time for exercise? Oh, I know how. I'm going to have to get up at 4 a.m. because I'm also running a business and I also have two kids and a family and a husband and I have this super slow metabolism that nobody else has. Nobody has a metabolism as slow as mine. So I know what I'll do. I'll get up at 4 a.m. every single day. And that's what I did. It was like, I don't have a choice. I'm going to get four hours of sleep. I'm going to exercise and exercise and exercise. I'm going to eat less. And, you know, we're not meant to do that. So my body was under attack. But I didn't really feel low on energy. And I think that's part of the problem with a lot of us type A's. We're just like, you know, this is just life. Hi, I'm just an adult. And this is what we do. Go, 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 go. Meanwhile, if I rested or sat for like a moment, I would fall asleep. Like two seconds, eyes closed, asleep. (laughs) That should have been a sign, but it wasn't. And even just all of the other symptoms, like my hormones, my hair, my, you know, irritability, like all of these things were kind of creeping up, but you just go, well, I'm getting older. That's why my joints ache. That's why I'm limping like I'm 80 years old when I get up in the morning just to walk into the bathroom and brush my teeth. Yeah, I just train harder than everybody else. I just go harder. This is what it means to get older. That's what I was thinking. And then I did a podcast with Dr. Daniel Amen of the Amen Clinic. And he is a renowned brain neuroscience expert. He has scanned and done more brain specs than any clinic. And he's also one of the doctors responsible for the changes we've made in the helmets in the NFL and a lot of other sports. He's a brain expert. Check him out by going to YouTube. Check out his TED Talk there. You can also listen to a previous podcast I did with him. In fact, I will link it below in my show notes where you can actually listen. This would be very kind of interesting. Very kind of interesting. No, it'll be very interesting. You can listen to the podcast I did that kind of set this whole wheel in motion. I did a podcast with him about adult ADD, which FYI, I thought was a funny term. I thought ADD was something only children had or, you know, ADHD. So I was, you know, had him on the show to talk about the brain. I was joking about the fact that I had adult ADD. And when we finished up the interview, I'm not even sure if this conversation made the interview. I'm not sure. We'll have to go back and listen. But it's a fascinating interview. And he just said to me, once we finish up, you need to come in here and get your brain scanned. And I was like, okay, sure. So I did. I went in and had my brain scanned thinking that he'd be like, wow, we have never seen a genius on this scale before. Look at this area of the brain where the comedy area of her brain is just on fire. And over here, her creativity, like, I really thought they would see a brain specked and be like, wow, this chick 
but that didn't happen. <laughs> well, it kind of happened, but not in a positive way. It was more like, oh, 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 wow. Wow. So you run a business? Now, you said you graduated from college. I'm like, yes. What are you looking at? So I had a pretty messed up brain. Like they asked if I had a history of chronic drug use. And I was like, uh, no. They asked if I had recently done a great deal of chemotherapy. I said, uh, no. Why? And they said, if you had, you know, obviously we can see that there's been some traumatic brain injuries. They could see the concussions. But even more curious, which they wanted to figure out, because like, you know, traumatic brain injuries. Yeah, I knew where those came from. I grew up in Michigan. We rode motorcycles. We didn't always wear helmets. We did, you know, a lot of slalom skiing behind a boat. Fast. You hit the water. It's like hitting pavement. Like, you know, and I've been in a couple car accidents. You know, you grow up trying to learn how to drive in the snow and the ice. Yeah. So there's been a few brain injuries. That's for sure. That part they kind of had figured out what they couldn't figure out was like this kind of toxicity that they could see in my brain, like all of this bumpiness and lumpiness and irregularity that looked like the brain of someone who had either been exposed to long-term chemotherapy or chronic drug use or something else. It was a brain that had been exposed to toxins, which is a brain that either wasn't getting adequate micronutrients and or couldn't clean itself, i.e. chronic sleep deprivation. And that's what started this whole process, right? So I find out that I've pretty much just not destroyed because we've repaired it. But I find out that I've really set myself up for disaster by doing this chronic sleep deprivation, which by the way, I was doing intentionally. I was forcing myself to get up every day to exercise. So I find that out and I'm like, I'm furious with myself and I'm like, I'm going to fix this. And I keep, you know, going back and talking to them about all the things I need to do. And they just keep saying, you, you really need to fix your diet. I'm like, what? <laughs> do you know who I am? First of all, just kidding. I didn't say that. I would never say that. But in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't know what you're talking about here because I can't eat cleaner. And it kind of bothered me that that kept being an important piece. I kept saying, you know, we really have got to make sure your diet is on point. So I just wanted to be certain of that. So I went to an integrative medical professional and I had a nutrition panel done. This is an extensive lab work, extensive blood work to determine all of my numbers and all of the deficiencies or sufficiencies in my you know, vitamin and minerals and just really be able to tell, okay, what's going on inside this body? What are my sugar levels? What is my A1OC? What is my cholesterol level? All of those things. And when I got the results back, first of all, first I went over with the doctor, my diet, and she's like, oh, this is great. This is, I'm like, yes. I don't know if you're handing out gold stars at the front, but I would like to collect mine. Like I was excited to tell her what I eat and excited to share with her how much I knew about food and nutrition. Until we got my labs back. And I was like, are you sure these are mine? I don't understand. I have spinach like twice a day. What are you talking about? Like I eat like all of the things I was deficient in, which was almost every vitamin, pretty much. I was eating foods that contained adequate amounts. So I'm so confused at this point. I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me. And I also felt a little frustrated. Like, what's the freaking point? Like, why am I trying so hard if these are my results? And that's when I first 
heard the term and related it to myself or understood that it related to me. And that term was leaky gut. Now, that is a term I'd heard before prior to the last two years, but I didn't think it was something I had to pay attention to. I thought leaky gut meant you had irritable bowel syndrome or you had like major digestive issues. Like I just ignored the term. I didn't know it related to me until since that time I've learned 80% of us suffer from poor gut health. How that impacted me is that my gut lining, my intestines had become permeable, which By the way, if you're listening, there's a very high likelihood, so have yours. 80% of Americans have leaky gut. There's a lot of things that cause it. Stress, lack of sleep, eating foods that our body doesn't recognize. In other words, we're eating foods that have been designed for us to fit in packages. They have fake ingredients and they look delicious, you know, hyper stimulate our palates and they're fake, right? And so much of our food, even though we recognize it on the shelf and we put it in our cart, when we put it in our bodies, our bodies don't recognize it. It sees it as foreign. And that creates kind of an inflammatory response, unbeknownst to us, inside our gut. That inflammatory response slowly begins to break down the gut lining. So this is a very slow process. When that gut lining becomes permeable, meaning things that are supposed to be digested while they're in there are not being digested properly. They're flowing in and out as they're not supposed to. What that means is that all the healthy foods that you are eating may not necessarily be being absorbed in the way that they should. And I'm like, oh, oh, wow, wow. Like now I'm like, oh, I get it. This makes sense. So of course, the next question is, well, how do I fix this? So what else might this be causing? Like, what else can I attribute health-wise to the fact that this is happening? And I started working with Dr. Dawn Silvia. I think you've heard her on my podcast before, and Dr. Siani in Newport Beach, California. I started working with a, quite a few integrative medical professionals to learn everything I could, not only about how to heal it, but what other things is the gut responsible for, which... If your gut isn't as healthy as it could be, your intestinal lining, which again, that's 80% of us, what do we need to know is happening? Holy cow. (laughs) Mind blown. I mean, my mind was blown on all of the things that our gut is responsible for. I'm going to make a really bold statement here. And you can disagree with me and I will, I will take off these hoops and I will go toe to toe and defend this position. Gut health is more important than just about anything else. Like if you're focused on how do I get my six pack or how do I get my biceps more developed or how do I lose weight or how do I become smarter? Anything, all of it is less important than your gut health. It affects every part of your body from your brain to your toes. And most of the elements that we are dying from here in the United States, we can fix through reparation of our gut if we do it the right way. It's going to blow your mind. Now, I know this is a lot to take in. So I'm going to do this as a two-parter. Part two is next. And in part two, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to help you understand everything you need to know that's tied to your gut health. And more importantly, I'm going to get into how you repair it. 
what do you do about it? Oh my gosh, this is going to answer so many of the questions you have about weight loss and our bodies and how sometimes it feels like your body is like working against you and what works for everybody else isn't working for you. All of that and more in my next episode. Ah, This is good stuff, guys. All right. You, as you know, I haven't been able to tell you recently, but you are the bomb.com. In the meantime, though, if you want to learn more about this program that I have been passionately researching and diligently developing for the last two years, learn all about it by going to 131diet.com. That's 131diet.com. It's a program. It's not a diet in the way that you think. Trust me, it ain't a diet. It ain't that diet. It's your diet. And what I do is I coach people through it over the course of 12 weeks. Now, because of that, you can't just start whenever. You need to go to the website, 131diet.com, figure out when our next group starts and jump in, right? Because I'm gonna take you over the course of 12 weeks together. It's crazy. I've got a team of registered dietitians. There are meal plans, expert interviews with like the top integrative medical professionals, the researchers who've helped me to develop this program, There's tutorials on how and what and why you need to reorganize your kitchen, your shopping, there's shopping lists. There's ways for you to do this, whether you're vegan or gluten-free or you want to eat high fat or low fat. Like it is your individual diet. We'll talk about that in episode two as well. So you kind of understand why you need to fix your metabolism, why your metabolism is so different from everybody else's. It defies common sense that we've all been trying to follow like one particular diet trend and make that work for us. Like that just no more. That just doesn't even register in the realm of common sense. But anyways, This is a program that is changing lives. It's a movement. I'm super crazy passionate about it. I don't want another generation to have to go through what we went through. And I want you to be a part of this. That's why I take people through as a group. It's that accountability. It's not just me. It's a team of experts. It's giving you back your health. So check it out by going to 131diet.com. And don't forget to download part two of the series. This episode has been brought to you by the Smart Life Push Journal. If you're the type of individual who loves to make lists, keep yourself on task, get organized, and there just don't seem to be enough hours in the day. This is a convenient, lightweight, simple to use 30-day system. This is not just a day planner. And learn how you can get your health, fitness, life, and goals organized and develop the laser focus you need to have the life that you deserve. Check it out. Go to smartlifepushjournal.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.